It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. And we're right back at it. What's happening, everyone? It is time for the San Jose Sharks to get put back to the test once again. And after coming off last night's shootout loss to Montreal, now it is up for them to take on another team from the Great North in Vancouver, a team that beat up the Sharks once this year, 10 to 1, and beat them, but in much more competitive fashion, 3 to 1. Maybe the third time will thusly be the charm for San Jose against this side. And they are coming off of a 5-1 win over Seattle last night. So they are on the second game of a back-to-back. -back. San Jose is on the second night of a back-to-back. So neither of these teams, I don't think, are going to come flying out of the gates in the first period. But, you know, Vancouver's been one of the stories of the NHL up to this point of the year. Rick Tockett has them playing in very fine form. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what exactly happens tonight. You know, San Jose played what I thought was a pretty good game against Montreal last night. It wasn't great. It wasn't like that game they had against St. Louis. It was not an overwhelming victory or anything to that effect, but it was a game that gave them a chance to win. And I think that, you know, if you're up 2-0 at home, you should be able to win that game without a doubt. Unfortunately, the Sharks are not there as a team right now, so they've got to try and figure out how they can be better, what they can do to give themselves a better chance to win. I mean, there's a lot of things that you look at and you think, man, they should... They should be able to win that game, but that's not where the Sharks are right now. They did get a point out of it, so I will take I will take that. They've got three wins and two overtime losses on the season, so they've got eight points now. And, you know, right now we are finally starting to see some of these scores come alive, like a Mike Hoffman. You would hope that there will be other players who will watch their games come to life a little bit more. But for the time being, the Sharks are still in the ultimate prove-it mode. And there's no greater opportunity than the present for them to prove it as they take on Vancouver tonight. And, you know, it's a third straight time that you're seeing this team in a month, and it's the second time in a week, and the Sharks got better from the first time to the second time. Not that there were many other options, but let's see if that trend of improvement continues. Because, you know, I have not been too disappointed with the Sharks as of late, other than that game in Seattle. It seems like since they had those losses to Vancouver and Pittsburgh that things had most definitely trended in the right direction. They had the two straight wins against Philadelphia and Edmonton, competitive loss against Vegas, competitive loss against Anaheim, competitive loss against Florida, a win against St. Louis, a competitive loss to Vancouver, blowout loss to Seattle. That's the aberration as of late. Then they had the shootout loss, a competitive loss that they earned a point out of last night against Montreal. And they're back at it today with a little bit more rest than two night games. So they had an afternoon to rest as well. But you know, now it's time for the Sharks to see if they can put together that winning performance against Vancouver and see if they can take that momentum into Monday's game against the Caps before they go out onto the road. So with that, I did get a chance to talk with Brody Brazil at the NBC Sports California studios last night after the Sharks had that shootout loss to Montreal. And, well, this is that conversation. Enjoy. All right. We now have joining us on the Sharks Audio Network. It is Brody Brazil, the host of Sharks pre- and post-game coverage on NBC Sports California. 
Brody, for the second time this year, I have been with you for the Sharks' <laughs> second shootout loss. Both of them highly competitive games, entertaining, both of which the Sharks had the lead, were unable to maintain, both of which featured very nice performances from Mackenzie Blackwood. Although, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this much in the post-game coverage, Mackenzie Blackwood made the big stops, but he didn't have to stand on his head in this one, yeah. which I think speaks to how much the Sharks really tightened it up from Wednesday night yeah. into Friday night's game. Well, let's reverse for a second. Are you suggesting that if you join me on every episode of Sharks Pre and Post Game Live, that they'd have an 81, uh, 82 point season? I was about to say. 0 and 82, because that's the same result, the shootout and overtime loss. But you do get points that way. As uh, opposed to the, yeah. I believe you did the math, the low end would be 32 at this point. I did not do that math. Well, no, but you implied it. Yeah, no, I mean, look, <laughs> we are at the quarter point as we record this. We're basically at the quarter point of the season, and that, that point total for the team is a little bit intimidating. You'd like to hope that at some point they pick it up. But I, I think you make a great point. You know, coming off the Vancouver game, uh, you give up a touchdown to the Canucks, and I don't think it was Kakinen's fault before he got pulled. It wasn't no. Blackwood's fault when he was in there. But to not hang your goalie out to dry, to be a little bit more tight defensively, to limit Montreal's chances like happened today. I mean, the Sharks, for the first time this season, outshoot an opponent. I don't have to look at the advanced stats to know they outchanced their opponent today. They just did not continue to score goals. Mm -hmm. uh, two total. Not always going to win you the game. Scoring in only one of three periods, not only not always going to win you the game. Um, if they could have built on the lead or managed it a little bit better in the third period, I think the fate would have, have served them better. Well, to that point, let's think big picture, Brody. In 10 games this year, they've only scored one goal. Yeah. In three games this year, they've been shut out. So that means that in the two goals they scored today, that was one of their better offensive output games of the season because there's only – the Yikes. difference between 20 and 13 to reference. Yeah. So, I mean, th but this this is the issue. Like, they, they've they had these games where they've played better, and they played better, um, you know, against Vancouver before they had the Wednesday night Seattle issue. But they've got to give their goalies more support because the goalies aren't the issue. I mean, let, listen, I'm sure they could both tell us that they have shots they'd like to stop. But, you know, like you said, Capo wasn't the issue the no, other you night. Can't, you can't ask him to be perfect. The scoring absolutely has to come around to a certain degree. And I think we all subscribe to the fact that uh, offense in the NHL, even for the very best teams, they go in slumps. But that, mm -hmm. that, let's be fair, that's not the case here for the Sharks. To go in a slump means it, it was cranking out at a very high output at one point. That's never been the case for them this season. But they have to find a way to add in some competitive offense in games to match, you know, on the nights where they can tighten up defensively. Right. Um, and I think you can look at a couple different types of games the Sharks have played this year. There have been the games where they come out and maybe surprise you a little bit recently against St. Louis. Mm -hmm. That last win, all right, you know, it was a really good performance. Uh, they're capable of that. They've also had games where it was a competitive loss. Um, not today, but the prior yeah, game against Vancouver. Okay, competitive loss, and that's going to happen. And then you get into um, some of the blowout situations that have happened. Um, and it's just it's it's really intimidating to kind of figure out on any given night, what are you up against? What is right. what is the Sharks team that's going to come out? There's there's a real real lack of consistency on even knowing what to expect. We know where the, We know where the high bar is at. We know where the low bar is at, um, but trying to find a little bit of the middle to upper side of your potential, I think is, if they can if they can consistently land on that, that's obviously the goal. We heard Tomas Hurdle mention it in the postgame, talking about the details 
and trouble in some of those areas. But I think that's what makes it so frustrating is because if you only give up two goals at home, that should be enough to win. And those details lie in the razor thin margin for the San Jose Sharks right now. And what concerns me is that even if you go back to that 92-93 season when they had games where they were blown out, which, but for those who don't know, there was a 13-1 loss in there. Right. But they would bounce back and they would win. Right. And that's what I think is frustrating right now is the Sharks are having bounce back performances but not getting the win. And I think that wears on a team, especially when you don't have Logan Couture there right now, who, again, if you didn't value him properly before, you probably do now, or at least you value him that much higher. What do you say also if you're David Quinn, right? At some point, you can't keep praising all the moral victories because that that only goes so far. But you also can't be super open and honest like he was after that van game. I mean, it's it's kind of a broken record for him that that it's a lot of the same stories over and over again. Um, No, I I totally agree with you. At some point, only winning is going to make you feel better about what you're what you're shooting towards and what you've accomplished. Uh, the moral victory train has already left the station and we're we're 20 games in. So I, I totally agree. I think the hard part for me in even watching the Sharks last year um, and the year before is that they've gotten into this situation where, and I believe hockey specifically rewards hard work more than any other sport, where their hard work is going unrewarded. And I think that's that's the other thing that you don't want to creep in culturally like there has to be that payoff for it that where if you do what you're asked which I do think for the most part in scoring a game or having a game where you only give up two goals in your own building for the most part that's the hard part like it's it's strained to watch the scoring be the hard part because we knew they weren't going to be offensive juggernauts but you would have assumed that they would have had a three spot in them in the 60 minutes yeah. before overtime out of this. Well, run. and you out, you know, the shots are the shots. And again, today being the first time they've done that out shooting an opponent in any single game, kind of hard to believe, but mm-hmm. also not really if you've watched. But I think today to, to, to generate the chances they did to have more than just the two goals and even the process of scoring the first two, then they had, I mean, they had a two goal lead. Let's think mm-hmm. about that for a second. What do you do after that? You got to manage it one way or another. You got to make sure that Montreal doesn't score like in the final two minutes of the second period, as they did. And then they got the first goal of the third period to tie it up at two. Um, I I think you know the amount of minutes this season the team has had a lead, not a lot. It's a it's a probably a you know very frustrating number if if we knew what it was. I don't even want to know. But I think there there also comes comes a time where your team has been through so much that they don't even necessarily feel comfortable with a two goal lead and and a lot of nhl teams do yeah the sharks should if they're playing well and building on it they should but i and i i'm not going to use the word fragile that's not for a broadcaster to use but but i know that no it's it's um i think it's just a sign of a team that also quite honestly has to learn how to win some of the games that they're even in uh even a win in this league is not just gifted to you you have to see it all the way through a certain advantage that you have a two goal lead for most teams in the nhl will allow them to play downhill hockey and that's not happening for the show jump on a power play make it three nothing you know no i i totally agree it's it it should give everybody that's what you're aiming for right like aren't you starting the Mm -hmm. night trying to score first they did score again in the second period they did they could have had a goal in the first as well um so it's just I I think we've we've definitely agreed that today's game a bounce back from that loss to Seattle um, and definitely um, 
a response, but you get so you get so happy and, and content with, all right, competitive game, right in it, but you get so close to tasting the victory. How could you also not want the icing mm-hmm. to go along with the cake? You know, I think that's the, the takeaway. It's a lot of from cake today. references from you today. I said that on TV, didn't I? Yeah. I think I'm just, I'm, I'm still food, food focused right now. That's I, mean, fair. I had my big dinner on Thanksgiving. And then, you know, what happens is like the next day, the next morning, pretty light. I, you I didn't, I haven't eaten anything skip today. Lunch. Yeah. So it's like, as we record this late afternoon, like we are starving right now. So for the second straight day, I think I'm going in big on a, on a dinner tonight. So here's, I'll, I'll give you the, the tough question now, or not even the tough question, but just the, the one that b- bugged me is that people I heard when the Sharks were having their tougher times earlier this year, when they had the 10 goal losses, people were saying, is it Quinn? And I was Ooh. like, I was like, no, like, yeah. this is not David Quinn. It's like the Sharks are just a talent deficit, but look at Edmonton. They made the change, and yeah. we got that thousand-yard stare gif out of Connor McDavid that yeah. I think is going to be a meme forever. Who stood up, by the way, for for Jay Woodcroft yes. right after he got fired? You know, it was um, Connor was like, "Lose the room, Jay? No, absolutely yeah. not. I don't want that. I don't want that being started or spread." Mm-hmm. You know, but that's but to that point, it's like it's so much more than a coach, and yeah. I think the coaches in, in all sports they get too much blame and too much credit. I think to a man, they'll probably acknowledge that. But are you asking me if we're going down the the road of, of coaching decisions here? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying well, I, I'm no, saying because I want to I want to answer that. Well, okay. Uh, it's way too early for that. Well, yeah, but that's it's that's still my too point. early for way, that. Way too yeah. early for that. But I think yeah. it's important for people to see that just as it wasn't Jay Woodcroft in right. Edmonton, it's not David Quinn in no. San Jose. And I think before, if your mind starts to drift down that road, because look, that's what happens in professional sports, but that's also usually the easiest move, right? It's it, You think it's going to change things and make you feel better. So my big questions are, what do you think that's instantly going to do for this group? Nothing. Right. And, and what do you think is the better option <laughs> out there right now for them? And I, there might be some unemployed coaches who would love to step into a job, but my, my, I forced you into this because I want to make that statement. I, I think it's it's a reactionary thing. It, it's not going to benefit their process. They need to, to develop players. They need some consistency. And look, are you trying to get to the playoffs all of a sudden this season? That That's not going to happen. So you have to figure out what is your ultimate rest of this season goal. And if it's to develop players and it's to uh, try and have at least a direction moving forward, now you're just going to change directions for the sake of changing directions. At some point, to me, that's almost like hitting a, an unnecessary reset button. Right. And it just does not do what you think it's going to do this season or beyond. And like I said, so you're telling me that you're going to pick your next head coach for the team for the next what you hope is three or four years yeah. in the middle of this season and you're going to do it within a week or, or even two weeks? Like, if you ever get to that point, I hope that you really settle in on on what the change you want to make is what it's going to accomplish and who's going to do it for you. But to do it on a whim and to do it like this, I, I want to make sure everybody knows, I think it's way too early for that. Yeah, no, I'm not on that train at all. I, you know, I think David, I'm not going to absolve David Quinn, just as I'm sure he would not want to be absolved of any issue. I'll take but, some blame too. But, yeah, of course. My yeah. fault. But the, the point is, <laughs> and we try to blame Brody as much as possible around here, uh, but it's just, it, it's such that, that knee jerk reaction. And yeah. that's what bugs me, but I will play devil's advocate to your point, you said, are you using this year to develop players? Why isn't Thomas Bordalo playing? It's a good question. Um, and and I, I'm, not, I'm not advocating. I'm, yeah, de- no, devil, I, I'm advocating for the devil here. I, I think when you saw him up, 
You know, it's, it's funny, Ted, is not to go all baseball on you, but I, and I won't even mention the names of the players or the team they play for. That's a whole separate ball of wax right now. But uh, <laughs> we've seen it before where there's tandems, tandems of young players that get called up at the same time. And right. for Eklund and Bordalo, it kind of was never that until this year. Finally, like opening night or shortly after that, oh, they're up playing on the same team at the same time, which is great. But that doesn't mean their maturation is going to follow the same track. And I think for Bordalo, just a little bit, behind and not I say maturation not as a person not like what he's hoping for just the abilities and the confidence on the ice to do what he wants to do and what he's capable of and I think we've we've really seen Eklund become more of a consistent player this year than definitely each of the two prior seasons which were were quick glimpses of him and I don't know that you know I what what I I fear is if Bortolo had stayed up all of this year he would fall into a trap of not scoring, struggling in the NHL. Um, not to go back to the food thing here, but you you pull something out of the oven too early, it's not right. You pull off the off the grill too early, mm-hmm. it's not right. But it's easy, right? You throw it back in the oven, you throw it back on the grill. And I think that's what this time is for, for Bordalo. And from all accounts, um, I'll have to defer to the authority of Nick Nolenberger at some point. No, because I don't get to see these guys play in person firsthand. Right. But from all accounts, Bordalo has had a lot better last several weeks mm-hmm. down there with the Barracuda and, and not just the way he's producing, but uh, the way he looks and feels. And so it's fine. Like, again, that's what this season is about. I'd prefer to stay up or to go up and stay up, but if he needs a little time back down there, totally okay with that too. And I, so I, to your point, selfishly, of course, but if we're all not seeing what we need to see, I'm totally okay with it too. So also I, I think the other part of this, and this will be my final one for you. Do you then think that maybe this is also that psychological play to be like, make him want it, make him de- make him demand that we pull him up with his play. I would hope that deep down he absolutely doesn't need that. I mean, you are one step away, one you know, one push away from the NHL, right? And where he's where he'll want to spend the rest of his career. I would hope that you don't need to dangle the carrot uh, in front of him, but I, I I think it's less of that. I think it's more of you know, go dominate this league, you know, get a point a night, get a goal every couple games, feel good about your shifts out there. Uh, you know, and I realize the AHL and the NHL are two totally different things. Um, but I hope that he can, the next time he comes up, you'll, we'll look at his stats in his last five or seven games prior to coming up. And we'll say, wow, he's, there's no question. Like if he's not hot right now or hot enough right now, right. there's, there's never a time. So I only hope that for him. I hope it's sooner than later. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I just, it's the selfish side. Of course, I'd love to see it. <laughs> and, I, and I think we all, you know, we're all, I think, desperate this year because results are a little bit more predictable and not, and not great. You know, we're all, we want to end the season knowing what you have, knowing what Eklund has become, knowing what some of the other young players have become. Um, I think you want to go into next year with tangible assets. I want to see what Will Smith does mm-hmm. uh, this season, even though it's far away from the Sharks. I just, I want to know you know, what the pipeline is moving forward and and who are the guys you can for sure count on next year and beyond. Selfish Brody Brazil. Yeah. Always great for an interview. I want some 17 in my life and I'm not (laughs) talking Tori Mitchell, although Mitchie was good dude and all, but taco Tori. (laughs) Brody. Good one. Thank you so much. I I think I'm going to be with you a bunch more in the near future. So uh, you'll be sick of me soon. Let's get those shootout points, Ted. What do you say? I am two for two so far. Again, that was Brody Brazil of NBC Sports California. We are out of time. 
And I'll be back with you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.